Hello, I'm Simon. And I'm Dan. And this is the Wikicast, a podcast where Wikipedia takes us to a random article each week and we talk about what we find. Dan, what are we talking about this week? This week, Simon, we're talking about House of D. House of D? House of D, as in the letter. Oh, okay. I definitely interpreted that as D double E to begin with, ah, like, well. like, like from um, "It's Always Sunny." Yeah. I feel like before we talk about the House of D, we need to talk about the exceptional circumstances that we find ourselves under. About this house. About this house, because the, there's a D in it, and the D is me. Yeah, uh, I'm in the house. Yes. I mean, it's. T- <laughs> Yes, this I'll is, give you that. This is very strange. We're Dan's uh, visiting uh, for reasons which we'll come on to very shortly. Mm. But we're actually recording with the podcast for the first time in God even knows how long. Months and months and months. And uh, months. I'll, I'll have to have a look at the pod bean. Uh, but I, I, I don't even when know. did you? Well, when did you move out? When would it have been? It would have been September 2017. Yeah. So this is the first episode. So in in nearly seven months. In oh god, I think I think this might be the first time we've recorded together since episode ten. Gosh, and uh, we're now this is episode thirty-one. Yeah, episode thirty-one. So we're Good in the same heavens. room, using the same setup. Dan might sound a little different. I might. Yeah, I'm not using my uh, my Rode USB. Yeah, and I'm I'm on my my normal microphone, but I, I we now have a sexy audio setup it was before we'd had a really janky like everything in this podcast it was all really kind of ramshackle yeah uh and you know now i actually have dan's audio is being beamed directly into my computer along with mine it's, it's so efficient it's, oh. it's very premium we also try to mark up to, to, to sort of show how the sausage is made mm. when we make these podcasts because we both record locally and then mm. dan sends me his files i have to um synchronize them and so we do well, what we do is go three two one Mark. Mark. And, oh, very good. Yeah, uh, nice. Or, I'd rather have a bowl of... <laughs> I like how you said, oh, very good, like, yeah, we were really in sync then. <laughs> we're together. This <laughs> is the point. I thought, I don't know, I wasn't expecting you to join in. Oh, there you go. <laughs> um, I'm it's not even weirder to... in that I can't see you. Yeah, got, that's the... the timing's still so good. <laughs> that's the other thing, is that uh, we were so weirded out by seeing each other that we've literally erected ourselves, and we also put a yeah. sheet between us. Yeah. Uh, so, Dan a be- a see my silhouette. <laughs> Uh, yeah, we're actually in bed. That's, yes. <laughs> so we're going to do this. Uh, we, we put this, what is actually a diffuser screen uh, between us, so we can't see each other. Because no. We were just, uh, to be fair, if, I, if it wasn't for that, I'd just be staring at you and mm. it would be really strange. It would be weird. It makes, it, it makes it us kind of realise how weird it was when we first started recording this, just to stare at each other while we spoke. Yeah, well, I mean, as most people have in what they call a normal conversation, mm. um, we we just I don't know we just had microphones there whereas this time because there's a, there's quite a bit of distance between us we're in my like office studio type thing and there's like ten feet like between us yeah. so it's it's kind of like having a conversation with somebody that you're afraid of catching some infectious speaking disease. of speaking of feet all I can, all I'm watching at the moment is your feet your little just like curled up toes dancing around <laughs> my feet move around quite a lot when we record yeah just I, just, I didn't realize I usually sit even if I'm sitting sitting recording at like my desk I always sit cross legged. Yes, I noticed um, that. Actually. It's just yeah. my, my 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 natural um, stance, Your if supple, you like. Mm. Malleable body. My nimble, my nimble frame. Nimble limbs. Yeah. Uh, nimble limbs sounds like a great fantasy character name. Nimble, uh, actually, yeah, or an been, advert for something. We've been sent some uh, fantasy uh, fan fiction. I don't Ooh, know if you've noticed. I haven't seen. Uh, this is this is by a friend of mine. So I'm I haven't read it yet. But I'm very excited. This is very exciting. Um. So. I mean, yeah, let, let's talk about the article because that's mm. what this podcast is ostensibly about. It is about. kind of the point, yeah. Uh, so, so the House of D, what yeah. is it? House of D is a 2004 coming-of-age comedy drama film 
directed right. by David Jaconvini, and it's his directorial debut in a film. So it's currently we're thinking. So it's his directorial debut in a film. Yeah, in so, in film. Sorry. Oh right. <laughs> yeah. Um. So it's a yeah. House of D, coming of age comedy drama, two thousand and four. Do we have high hopes for this? I'll be completely honest. No. Okay. Can I tell you two of the film's stars? Oh, go on. Robin and Zelda Williams. I. What? Yeah. So the film stars. Um, uh, Duchovny. I think is this the name? Anton Yelkin. Yelchin. Oh! Yeah. Oh, gosh. Oh, but this has got some quite good people in it. Taylioni, Erica Badu, Frank Langella, Zelda Williams, and Robin Williams. It was screened at the 2004 Tribeca Film Festival. Wow. It looks quite good. It's got a very cool poster. And that's the way to judge a film. That's yeah, of course. You, know, you judge it by its colour. Judge it by, yeah, of course. Um, 97 minutes. Uh, it. Oh, my God. I take that back. Okay. The budget was six million dollars. Right. Tell you how much it made at box office. Six dollars. Only a bit more. Uh, three <laughs> three hundred eighty-eight thousand. I definitely was expecting just three hundred eighty-eight dollars. Thirty-eight um, pounds and fifty-three p. So this is an art film. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Is it any good? It was given a score of ten percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Cons- <laughs> oh my god! A consensus calling it a sincere but inept coming-of-age story. Oh my Jesus. god, that's the worst. To be like, yeah, his film was sincere but inept. <laughs> oh wow! wow. Don't pull your punches, press. Okay, so, so give give us the, so it's coming of age. What's the basic plot? An American artist living a bohemian existence in Paris, uh, Tom Warshaw, uh, David, which is the and that's the director. So the, the director is also in it. Oh, oh, we've got a slight room situation yeah. going on. Okay, is trying to make sense of his troubled adult life by reflecting upon his extraordinary childhood. Prompted by his son's thirteenth birthday, Tom experiences a flashback to Greenwich Village in 1973 as a thirteen-year-old Tommy is on the brink of becoming a man. While his bereaved single mother, played by Taya uh, Leone, um, mourns the death of his father, Tommy escapes by gr- um, escapes grief by causing trouble at school and making afternoon deliveries with his best friend Papas. Robin Williams, a mentally challenged janitor. <laughs> oh, oh, no. God. Oh, no. Um, well, I want to see where Zelda comes into this. So Zelda is his daughter. Yes. Yeah. Named after... The princess. Yes. Slurp? Um, Did I say that right? Slurp? <laughs> <laughs> Look at how he eats his soup. It's so weird. That's a Game Grumps. Uh, yeah. Game Grumps after there. And then yeah. Link's just there like, man, that bird's really far away. Yeah. Father, father. <laughs> oh no, the crab's back! <laughs> Amazing. Yeah, um, so basically, this is a really sh- film starring Robin Williams playing a mentally challenged janitor. I just this this is you've seen Tropic Thunder, right? Oh yeah. Like this has got overtones of Simple Jack. Mm. Like never go full retard. <laughs> <laughs> He's like chasing after butterflies with a hammer. He's <laughs> like. Many contribute. Uh, mon- hang on. Many critics attribute the poor reception to the film. Um, that so it's low uh, quality. He wrote and directed it, which gave it a lack of creative direction and caused it to meander and lose focus. It was a slight the room situation. Yeah. Oh wow. Oh, that's sad. In its first week, it grossed a whopping thirty-six thousand dollars. Ooh. The next week, it grossed seven. And, in the, and the third week, it grossed two hundred and ten. Wow. The most during its run. Good lord. That's six million in, um, budget too. I mean, how do you mess up that bad? So this director, who was also in it, yep. David Duchovny, 
The name rings a bell. Yeah, the name rings a bell for me. I'm uh, I'm trying to see if I can... Uh... So we should also point out this is the first episode, I think, ever, where one of us is on our phones. Mm. Dan's, Dan's on his phone for this one because he's at my house and he'd, we don't have a laptop. I would yeah. offer you my Ubuntu laptop, but you would honestly rage quit yeah, within fair. five minutes. He's got... Oh, he went to Yale and Princeton. Yes, but as I am living proof of, just because you go to a good institution doesn't mean that you're good at what you do. But he's got... Uh, I mean, he's got... an. A degree in English literature from Princeton and then master's in literature from Yale. So you'd think that the, you could at least write a semi-decent story. Interestingly, I'm taking a, I'm taking a module in um, short film writing next uh, oh, in really? my final year. Yeah, which is quite exciting. And then also um, I'm doing short like um, dramas um, for film. Um, and then I'm also taking a module in uh, uh, script, script writing. Oh wow! Which is very exciting because Exeter is really up on its film stuff, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it really is. And I'm doing—I've chosen to do a creative writing dissertation, which means I'm going to hopefully try and pair it with the film school, and maybe try and do like a Wes Anderson focus, but then bring it back to his the way that he writes and directs has quite a few parallels with um, like ancient Greek and Roman drama. Oh, so wow. it'd be quite a cool way of like tying in my classic side of it. This is a massive aside, but I'm, I'm trying to think <laughs> of it in my mind, like how how it might work. But I'm very excited about that. Oh, that's that's really cool. Mm. So, but so basically, this guy completely balls it up. Yeah. So, oh my god, he married Tia Leone in 1997. So, so who married who? Tia Leone. So this 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 woman who um, was in the film. Yeah. Okay. So what else is she? She's doing? an actress I, and producer. I don't know the name. She was in, oh my god, Flying Blind, television sitcom, and The Naked Truth. Um, had lead roles in Deep Impact, The Family Man, his bark is much worse than his bite, um, <laughs> Jurassic Park 3, Oh, and uh, Fun with Dick and Jane. Oh, oh no. Oh dear. I'm sorry, uh, everyone. Jurassic Park 3, though, so I've, def- I've definitely seen at least a couple of those films. Uh, she was in... A League of Their Own. Okay, so she's an established actress. Oh, she was also in Spanglish. Not seen Spanglish. I haven't seen it, but I just know the name Spanglish. So she was in... So basically everything was going wrong for this because it was a film where the director was in it and then one of the cast members he later married. So sort of implying there's a few conflicts of interest. Oh my God, this gets so much better. Okay. So 19... They got married in 97. In 99, they had their first child together. Right. So far, so good. Yeah. Um, in 2008, Duchovny announced that he checked himself into a rehabilitation facility for treating sex addiction. Huh. And then it turns out uh, uh, later that year, um, uh, Leone's representative issued a statement revealing that they had separated several months earlier. A week later, Duchovny's lawyer said that he planned to sue the Daily Mail. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> what, what the hell's going on? He declared he was still married to her in 2012, uh, though they were separated. The divorce was finalised in June 2014. Christ, okay, wow, that, that's how messy. weird. This guy just f***ed up everything he touches, doesn't he? She wrote a book. I'm looking, at, I'm looking at her Wikipedia now, actually. I recognise her. She was the she was the mum in ha- Dress Part yeah. 3. For those Holy Cow, A Modern Day Fairy Tale, and Bucky f***ing Dent. <laughs> what? Is a novel by the actor David Duchovny. Bucky f***ing Dent. What okay. A Yankee Stadium about? peanut vendor. You can't just vendor. dangle that in front of Here my nose. Go. Oh my God, this is great. A Yankee Stadium peanut vendor moves in with his father, a lifelong Boston Red Sox fan, who is fighting off cancer long enough in the hopes of seeing the Red Sox beat the Yankees in the 1978 oh playoffs. Oh my God. Bucky f- <laughs> Wow. It, that's going to be my new favourite expletive. 
if I stub my toe, Bucky f***ing Dent is what's coming out of out of my mouth. Oh, Bucky f***ing Dent. Yeah. That's uh, Captain America, Bucky yeah. f***ing. Um, wow, that sounds like the worst plot for a film I've I've heard in a very long time. It certainly does. And I've seen Cats and Dogs with Jeff Goldblum. Jesus. Um, which is something that maybe we should watch later to yes. sort of settle the, the Cats and Dogs debate. Um, so we should probably actually at this juncture mention the the main reason you are here mm. which is can i get a drum roll dan that sweet sweet merch is finally it's finally available so at the time that this episode comes out on saturday morning mm-hmm. there will be a video on my channel uh with the lovely supple daniel and myself yes. daniel will be modeling the Wikicast t-shirt because we finally there was a bit of a delay finally got our test prints back and we're happy with them yes um so we're going to be opening them up to pre-orders um so the way this is going to work is uh the pre-orders will be available until the end of the month so until may 1st midnight like midnight on, on the 1st of may um you can pre-order the t-shirt it's going to be uh there'll be details in the, in the video uh, I, it's either gonna be 20 bucks or 15 pounds it depends if i can work out how i how to change the uh settings on my uh squarespace <laughs> website um but it's, so it's either gonna be 20 bucks or 15 pounds um and pre-order it it's gonna be a flat cost to wherever you are in the world because we realize a lot of our readers are international we don't want to penalize you for um being in a place that's not the uk we're not ukip we you know we, we don't want to make you pay more because you're not in the UK exactly so that's a flat cost yeah. um, and uh, so pre-orders close at the uh, on May 1st we will then get them made and get them sent to you straight away which means that wherever you are in the world they should be with you within the month like by the end of May um, like I say there's more details in that video but that is it's finally happening guys like this is it we when when Dan arrived, I showed you the I showed him the t-shirt, and it's like that's my face mm, on a o- thing on a t-shirt. Yeah, it's like, very strange. Hang on, if I uh, chuck the, the t-shirt over at Dan, can you describe the t-shirt, Dan? How 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 what does it what does it make you feel? It's a glorious yellow. Yeah, I mean we've we've I feel like we've nailed the color there. It's as close to the as our yellow as possible. Yeah, uh, and then our two massive Swedes are on the front. <laughs> um, <laughs> And the Wikicast is emblazoned underneath. Um, it, it's a, I mean, it's a thing of beauty. It really is. It's glorious. I did have to simplify the logo somewhat because the, the, the printing technology didn't allow for um, gradients. Mm. So sadly, my eyebrows are solid and they're, they're missing their characteristic chunk that's been bitten out of them. Uh, because I, I did try and get that in the design, but there wasn't a way to do it without looking kind of stupid mm. so it, it is slightly different from uh the logo online but pretty close yeah i gotta say i'm it's just so weird to see a our faces and also something we designed yeah like on a t-shirt it's quite a kind of it's a it's a poignant time i think for this to be happening especially given that you know like obviously this was one this was the main reason why i came up but mm. to kind of think back to when the podcast first started, when we did our first pilot episode, yeah. What was the what was the article for the pilot? Can you remember? Um, I can have a look. It was actually it's in the vlog. I realised. Yeah. Um, it, it's actually. Uh, I can't for the life of me remember what it was. Hang on, I'm going through our, our history, uh, older episodes. Oh, I remember what it was. I say remember. I just looked. It was the Congolian classic. <laughs> it was the 1980 co- doubles. Yeah, Cong- the 1980 Congolian classic doubles. Also, wow. the uh, sorry, this is such a wanky, self-referential like uh, episode of the podcast. But deal with it. Um, like the description is so 
tiny. It's just like, we clearly didn't know what we were doing. Yeah. And to be fair, we still don't really know what we're doing. Look how we've grown. How have how we've grown? grown. And not only how we've grown, but how how this whole, how the list, how the readership has grown. We've mm. got so much, you know, like the the kind of the memery that's going on. Oh, the I was kind so of The damn, self-referential yeah. kind of, it's just, we've got this whole, I was saying to this to Simon, um, you know that episode of The Simpsons when yes. uh, Lisa puts her tooth in, is it a thing of... Um, she puts it in soda yeah. and then it gets uh, zapped by something. I can't remember where the electricity comes from. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, she's trying to prove that the um, uh, soft drinks decay teeth. Yeah, and she ends up creating this little kind of civilization, this yeah, really advanced civilization, this tiny like microcosm in a cup. Um, and I was thinking like that's very much like whenever whenever Simon and I kind of every now and then go into the Discord and have a little or, or check the Wikipedia um, or the, the the wiki. What's the link? It's wiki. Oh, uh, the ridiculous the uh, hilarious Wikicast. URL. Yeah, uh, it's the wikicast.wikia.com forward slash wiki forward slash wikicast yeah, underscore go. wiki. Amazing! It was just like that. Every night we kind of we we dip our toes in to see what's going on, and they've advanced even more. You know, like they've got their own emojis now, and it's it's amazing. It's very yeah. exciting. It's it's in, I'm incredibly proud of of what the community has done, mm. um, and you know how far the podcast has come. And I feel like merch is the physical embodiment of that. I mean, because to be honest. We're we're not going to make very much money at all from mm. this. I think we, it's quite possible, actually, with a number of international readers, we might even make a loss. But the idea of having something physical mm. that you can actually have, yeah, uh, you know, in your hands and and where, if we ever get to the point where we can do Wikicast meetups, yeah, like the the fact that people can wear those is just what we're trying to basically plan here is that we want to we're going to start with getting you all in a uniform. <laughs> and then we're slowly going to bend your kind of will and ideologies to match our own and take over the world. Bend the knee to us, everyone. Yes, yeah. But it's, yeah. yeah, it's cool. It's also something that we, you know we said that we want to we want to grow and expand the podcast and and by extension the the um the readership and by having something that you can then you can actually buy and wear and be proud of. Um, it's something that we can then that was what the Patreon was for yeah. and to actually see it you know like we, we, we floated the idea of, of you with, with having Patreon support and and, and, and you as, as readers were super on board and were, and were, were willing mm. you've been more than generous and, and this is the kind of the fruits of our labour you know going to different printing places and seeing matching prices and trying to get them you know like making sure that it, it's the right kind of thing it's a nice t-shirt it's the colors right and the point that we made about international shipping too hmm. it's nothing's more annoying than um, than kind of finding a creator or something that you like and, and liking them so much but like, actually you know what i would buy something that they've made oh actually no i won't because they're going to be charging me a absolutely kind of obscene fee just because i don't live in the u.s or something like that so yeah that was that was always something we were really aware of which creators do you actually have merch from like on- online creators um, I've got, um, Dear Hank and John. Mm-hmm. Um, what was, uh, uh, f- it, so f***ing majestic or what was the, Oh, you know, the from the, days. yeah, yeah, oh, I got f- that one. Yeah, f- majestic. Yeah, f- that's it. Yeah. From, um, from, I've got that in VidCon. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then I also have, I did have an old hat films t-shirt. They're just the black with the hat on it. Yeah. Um, but I bought that years and years ago. And I don't really know where it's gone. Um, other than that. I've got some. I've got a Dodie pin. Of course you do. Yeah, like a lapel pin. You haven't um, listened to the recent recent episode, have you? The most recent episode of of the Wikicast. No, I haven't. No, okay, it's just a little Dodie thing in there. So it's, it's probably not important. It's fine. Um, I'm sorry. No, it's it's fine. You'll you'll you'll, you'll find out soon. Enough. What? I don't. Also, I didn't think. Did I talk about the gig? 
Uh, yes, yes, you did. You were saying how you were just kind of in the crowd crying. Oh, that's right. Yeah, of course. Um, to be fair, yes, we, did, we, we didn't we didn't get very much from you last week because not only were you not really in the episode, when you were in the episode, you were hanging as fuck. Yeah, I was really not in a good place. Um, don't drink to excess, children. It's very dangerous. Um, it was very fun. It was a fun night out, but I massively forgot that we were meant to be doing this special recording of the podcast the following day. Yeah, esteemed guest... And, all, and then it was just, you left me trapped with Sally LePage. Yeah, yeah. Which is, uh, who I believe will probably be listening to this. So um, you know. She's going to be listening to it, but not really listening to it. Because as we found out, every <laughs> literally every part of this podcast she loathes. Yeah. Uh, it's just the- so boring when you talk about things that you do. But, uh, and but, you and you like oh uh, yeah fair play but you know fair she'll play, tick sorry. off the references to her so you know we've got her in like the get, you get your wikicast bingo uh what are they call cards yeah out for this episode mm-hmm. um because yeah i'm pretty similar to you in, in terms of merch i i, I do have a hat films t-shirt mm-hmm. um i also bought something at vidcon which was my hello internet t-shirt mm-hmm. i was recently sent stuff um basically alex my uh, gym buddy uh who's uh also a youtuber and uh, well, science communicator more broadly, he's not just a YouTuber. Um, he's just been doing some presenting with the BBC. Yeah, he just did some stuff for Tomorrow's World. Yeah, which is yeah. very cool. And uh, he does a bunch of he does live stuff mostly. Mm. Um, but he tweeted basically as like a hype man for me, being like, "Yeah, if you want to send me and Simon, or Simon and I, as English students would say, uh, like free geeky T-shirts to wear in his vlog, just do it." And then we had a bunch of T-shirts arrive. So I've got stuff from the uh, Festival of the Spoken Nerd. Mm. Um, I've also got stuff from Socratica uh, coming. That was quite... I don't know if you saw this, but I was in a guest video for Socratica. Right. And uh, it was like, you know, how to study physics. And um, Alex, they replied to me saying, oh yeah, we'll send you a T-shirt. And Alex was like, you know, what about me? And they replied being like, nah, sorry, if if you're not in one of our episodes, we're not sending you anything. Wow. I was like, ooh... Brutal. Guess who's not getting Wikicast merch? No, quite. Um, Yes, that's a point. If any creators, uh, famous Sally, you don't count, uh, famous YouTube creators. I mean, Dodie must want one because it's 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 yellow. yellow. Uh, Yeah. Oh, we've got to just send her one. I'll pay for it. Off chance, we'll cover it with your kisses. Yeah. uh, You know, then she can wear them all over. (laughs) Wow. There we go. Um, Yeah. If you're a famous YouTuber and you want a free Wikicast T-shirt, hit me up on Twitter. Um, but uh, yeah, it's just, yeah, I got, I got the Hello Internet thing. I got the um, Festival of the Spoken Nerd. Socratica stuff's coming through. I think that might be it, actually. I mean, I have the VidCon poster, which is behind, signed by Hank and John. Mm. Uh, that is, I think, it, though. I'm not... Like, the thing with merch is, partly you buy it because you want to show... Like, because you genuinely like the design. Mm. Um, which, for Hello Internet, for example, I think it's a very good logo. Um but you also, like, it's, you know that by buying it, even if, for example, the Hat Films t-shirt I have, I don't wear it all that often um, because partly it's got the design on the back and I often wear jackets, so it's like, I may as well just wear a black t-shirt. But, like, you know you're supporting the creator by doing it. Yeah, that's, I think that's what, that is the most important thing for me. You like... <laughs> as a creator, I want people <laughs> no, to, as in like to buy the reason stuff. I would buy merch is for, is is to support the person. It, yeah. Even you know, in many ways, kind of regardless of of the actual merch that I'm buying. Obviously, it's a it, it helps if you like the thing, but mm. you know, like it, it would just be kind of like you know what? Yeah, I've seen you, I've seen you grow, and and, and you know, first kind of early early Yogscast when that yeah. was you know way way back when when they were doing their kind of like how to World of Warcraft videos, which were not how tos at all because they were all 
they were both pretty dreadful WoW players. <laughs> yeah. um, but then going when the when the Yog Pod first started back in like yeah, yeah. two thousand and I think it was two thousand eight. Is that long ago? Yeah, I think oh so. Eight or nine. I've been. I've actually just. The reason I I know and we'll, we'll brief mention in um, Critics Corner. I've been I've been going back and listening to it again. So I, the other the other night I was putting something on just to listen to as, as I was cooking. Mm. And I went, you know what? Let's go back to episode one, like the Snowcast and Sipsgate. Mm. And like all of these really early stuff. This was back. This was before um, Simon and Lewis really knew Sips. They just knew him as a. He, he was their website guy. Yeah, he was. Yeah. He did the website. Um, but it's like, oh man, it was. But like when, when, when you see creators at that stage, and you see them on that upward trajectory. It's like, yeah, I want to. It's almost like um, an investment. It's in the same way that like you know, in the nineteenth century, people were like, well, I put a thousand pounds in the railway. Yeah. Um, you know, I'll, I'll get a dividend of twenty percent. Yeah. And like, it, it's almost like you pay a monetary investment in a creator, and then you get an emotional dividend on it. Mm. Like it's, I don't know, it's kind of strange. This is, I'm actually, I've been invited to give a TED talk uh, in Lancaster, Lancaster Uni, mm. um, and. Uh, this is what I want to talk about. This, this sort of the, the topic is the future is now, and I feel like this evolving way of how we interact with online video and specifically individual personas mm. online and on YouTube is just super interesting. I think, um, and like you know, the merchandise aspect something I hadn't thought about really before. Yeah. Actually, the other thing we should mention is, um, as well as the T-shirts, um, we'll also be finally they've been sat on my desk for like a month, and some of you already have them. Um, we'll finally be selling Wikicast um, laptop stickers, hey. uh, which are really like as Cameron. Sorry, I should probably sound man, a little bit more excited. Yeah, about that. yeah. Hey. <laughs> that means can I have one? Yeah, hang on, I'll slide. Hang on. Oh, I'm gonna go beyond the sheet, everyone. Oh hang God, on. there you go. Oh, oh. why have you taken all your clothes off, Simon? Why fully erect? They look really good. Yeah, like um, Cameron said that. The moustache man said that when I gave him one. He was like, this is really good quality. Yeah. Wow, um, it really is. I'm just having a fe- proper feel of it it's now. It's so good, right? Good Lord. So if you, these, I think these are going to be three bucks. Um, That's going straight it, on the laptop. Um, I, again, it depends on... I need to I need to have a look at my Squarespace. Uh, we should probably do that before we make the video. Um, but yeah, these will also be available um, for, for sale. Uh, I think they're really good. My, mm. I, what I thought was quite fun was my mum asked for one um, to put on her saxophone case. She doesn't listen to the podcast. She was like, "I just like it." Yeah. <laughs> so like, I th- I think they're they're really really good. Yeah. Uh, and if they do well, I don't know. We could do other designs. We could have like a team cat and team dog one. I mean, we have loads of ideas for what we'd love to do for for um, like visual merch. Mm. Um, I'd still really like the idea of doing an animation contest. Oh yeah. Uh, we, were, we were talking about this about taking um, a sort of saving up some stuff from the Patreon and saying right. Well, you know, we, we want to do uh, an animation thing. You have a month to animate your favourite section of the Wikicast for like a minute or something, and provide some examples for like Game Grumps and Hat Film stuff. Where like this is the kind of thing we want, yeah. And then we'll you know post the winner on uh, the Sponge and Electric. Um, but yeah, there's so many things that we'd love to do. It's it's just it's a whole it's a whole new world. Yeah, it really really is. Very exciting. Um, I mean, shall we? We've been we're going for a little bit in the main main section if you mm. like and i know sally doesn't like the main section um is there anything more to talk about about this film i don't think so i think with the general consensus is it's just shockingly awful mm. and it did very very poorly um it's a massive disappointment to everyone in the film industry <laughs> so what i whilst you were talking that i was just looking up tia leone yeah um her did, did you see her full name no uh, her full name is Elizabeth Tia Pantaleone. Wow. Her surname is Pantaleone. See, now, 
Pantal- Pantalone <laughs> yeah. was one of the Commedia dell'arte s- oh, stock the characters. Yeah. Oh, right. From thinking back to my high-level theatre in the IB. Um, yeah, I'm pretty sure it's it's Pantalone. And he's got, a, he's got a really, really identifiable mask. I'm pretty sure he's the one that's got the big kind of quite bulbous nose. Right. I think... I'm not. I don't know anything about the Commedia dell'arte. It's really, really interesting. I think it's more interesting than, um, like, classical Greek or Roman. Actually. Oh, this is more of a more established. So, because I've just obviously because you know the the wikis are linked. I finally looked up David Duchovny. That's why I know the name. He was in the. He was fucking Agent Mulder in the X Files. Mm. That's why he's famous. Right. Okay. But she's called Pantaleone. Uh, sorry. Who touch him? A Pantaleone. <laughs> Um, and Somebody touch a mud spaghetti. <laughs> my absolute favourite uh, gif. My God, that's funny. Oh, is it? Or is it the one I sent you this morning? That like. Oh yeah, you killed me. <laughs> yeah, that was pretty funny. I was, I was, I messaged Simon saying you, you messaged me saying you stole you to get into uh, at the right time on the train. Yeah, which I was said, my yes. coded way of saying, did you wake up? Yeah, <laughs> uh, and I was like, yes, I'm at, I'm at the station now. I've got my 1.3 liter thermos of tea, uh, which I pretty much finished in the first hour of the journey um and then uh and some kind of biscuits as well some ginger nuts um and i was saying i didn't normally i've been drinking as as the readership will know um lady gray mm. the twinings is my my favorite but i went for just a, a staple hearty yorkshire yorkshire tea this time and you replied with the kind of it's the toad gif right yeah with the it's, it's kind toad. of freaking out oh! yeah uh, and i was like it just for some reason got to me every now and then simon will send send me something or or say something uh, it breaks you. I'm there, and it absolutely kills me. It's the Gandalf moment. I think yeah, it's the, uh, what we've universally agreed to call it, Gandalf. Oh God, yeah. And that we were in board playing, um, well, playing a board game. Funnily enough, it, it it wasn't the Lord of the Rings one though, was it? No, it was when we played with Lily. Yeah. I can't remember what it was. Oh, it was, it might have, no, it might have been the Lord of the I Rings I think it one. was the Lord of the Rings one. Because Pixel Girl was there. Because we were all playing and Pixel Girl <laughs> hated that game so much. She, really she was literally like, I'll sit here and you, Dan, you can roll for me. Simon, you can move my counter. And then Simon and I'd be like, oh, okay, you've rolled a six, which means you've got, okay, you've got a massive decision to make here. Are you going to equip your shield now or are you going to wait later because we've got to go through the caves? Of, you know, and um, Pixel Girl was just like, I don't, I mean, what do you think? Uh, <laughs> like, oh go! Plus, uh, she's so great at like, <laughs> like putting on a brave face. But you're putting on a yeah. brave face and being like, "Yeah, I'll go with this." Okay. It was so, but we were so into it, and she was just like, oh, "This is this is awful." But okay, you'll <laughs> play. It's amazing. So yes, that's why they're called Gandalf moments. Um, so okay, if there's nothing left to discuss in this, we should probably move on to mm. Critics Corner. Let's go. All right, all right, all right. What have, your, what have your habits been recently, Dan? I, I, you've already mentioned the Ogpod. Well, yes. So I've been listening to the Ogpod quite a bit. I've been watching a lot of Game Grumps, actually. This um, section of the podcast has now been cancelled by order of Sally LePage. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, Sorry, the, carry on. The, yeah, I've been watching a lot of Game Grumps, either compilations or kind of re-watching sections of their Dark Souls 3 playthrough, which was mm. hilariously funny. They're also doing a new... Um, a new, a new Zelda. Oh, what, like a, a, a new Mask, terrible one, isn't it? I don't know. I haven't seen the new. Uh, I think the, they're playing through. Um, the thing is, I'm not actually subscribed to them. I just watch series that get because yeah. they upload so frequently. That yeah, just... I, I can't subscribe to them either because yeah. it just clogs your your subscription feed. Um, but I, I'll, every now and then I'll check. I've also been really, really loving. Is it Astroneers that Hat Films were playing through? Oh yeah, yeah. But they haven't done it oh, for a while, and it really upsets is... me because it's 
bloody good. You've had um, you've had like quite a period of not watching YouTube, and now you're kind of catching up on all this stuff from the past couple yeah. of weeks. Yeah, um, yeah. No, that series has been good. I think Hatfield's been doing some really good stuff recently, actually. Mm. They've been doing um, a lot of having a bash and things like just trying out some new things, which is quite good. Hmm. There's a lot of playthroughs at the moment of um, Far Cry Five, and I could not care less about that game. I know. I it's not a series that's ever interested me. No. Nope. Um, like I watched quite a few playthroughs. Hannah played through Yogscast. Hannah played through um, Primal. Oh yeah, and I kind of liked that. That was kind of interesting. Um, Yogscast. It's like that. Hannah is one of those creators that's just like I wouldn't say that she's my favourite by by a long stretch, but she's always just been solidly reliable. Yeah, she's a staple. You know, like and also she doesn't give a shit about what the audience thinks. Yeah. It's just like you know, I, I, it, it's great that she's just like she doesn't give a fuck, basically. Yeah. The other game that I desperately, desperately want to get a team together mm. to play, Sea of Thieves. See, I... Oh, it looks so good. It does, but like, I think this is the difference to me and you, is I've seen so many hours of content of it already. Yeah. And it's just like, I don't think there's any depth to it. Like, And that's what people said to begin with. They were like, it's going to get boring really quickly. They're adding lots of stuff, though. They are. They've got big, big plans, you know, like, in terms of... I've, I've watched a little bit. Of it, but I think the reason I want to play it is because if you can get a good group of people together and really RP it, it'll it's a be bit a like Guns of Icarus, right? But with but with an, yeah. almost like an RPG, element. exactly, yeah. And we loved Guns of Icarus. Yeah, that was a lot of fun. I don't know. We could do that. Like it's expensive, though, right? It's an expensive game. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it is. But yes, because I, I watched. I remember when I first started watching, I was like, "This is the greatest thing ever," and I need more of it. It's like yeah. when you have like it's almost like video crack. It's mm. just like I just need this in me now. Um but uh, yeah, because I, I watched a lot of that a while ago. Oh, did you finish your Netflix series, by the way? About... Yes, I did. Wild Country. Yeah. Yes, I did. Still recommend it? Very, very, very much. It's, okay. It's awesome. Okay, super, super I will have to get onto it. I'm terrible at taking time off at the moment. I've that's been... the new, also, that's that new, there's a new series coming. It's is that Lost in Space. Oh, yes. That looks quite Which promising. Which our friend Maddie Moats went to the premiere in London. Yeah. Uh, um, so, <laughs> that was creepy. Yeah. Maddie Moats. Yes. Um, it looks really, really good. Um, which is quite exciting. I also um, I bought um, yet to watch. I watched a little bit of the kind of um, behind the scenes stuff that you get as an iTunes extra. But I oh, bought the uh, Last Jedi. Last Jedi, yeah. Mm. So I'm going to watch that on our the comically large television. It's like 4K and very exciting. See, like yeah, I just I, I'm terrible at giving myself any time off at the moment. Mm. I've not had a chance to watch anything. Like I watch YouTube stuff because it's kind of in small chunks. It's like conveniently sized. Yeah. Um, just to watch in like a little break. Like so, I've been doing these videos for a podcast. Actually, another podcast. I'm I'm like a cheating husband. Um, uh, and basically, I've been doing a video for them, which is the waveform, like we do for the Wikicast, but also doing subtitles, mm. which I don't mind so much because they provide a transcript and it's really interesting interviews. They're about uh, translation mm. and the nature of translation and sort of different aspects of it. And um, it's like I'll do, you know, five minutes of that. And I'm like, okay, because that five minutes takes like half an hour yeah. um, to subtitle. And then it's like, okay, let's watch a quick video. And then it's like, right, get back to it. It's mm. not like I never really sit down and I'm like, right, I'm going to watch this for an hour or, right. or whatever. Um, like I've, I've started reading more than I was before. I kind of had a big surge of getting back into reading, mm. um, which has been my time off. Because uh, I've been reading uh, the history of the world in twelve maps, uh, which is by oh, Jerry yeah. Broughton, which uh, I'm a lot of the way through now. I had a had a bunch of travelling, um, which we we'll, we can get onto in a second. Uh, I went to some interesting places recently, uh, and uh, so I did a lot of reading on, on trains. But then I also uh, recently got The Warmaster by Dan Abnett, which might be my favourite Gaunt's Ghost novel yet. Because wow. uh, you, I've I've gone on about these books to you before. Yeah. But, um, when the omnibus comes out 
for because basically there's one book left in the series i think um and there are three omnibuses already mm. and then when the fourth one comes out i might just buy a set of all four and then yeah. reread them all of course yeah. um and then you know you can you can borrow them uh then but th- this this is um 40k uh sci-fi military fantasy uh, it's, oh, it's just so good there's a new world of warcraft novel coming out later in the year which is quite exciting how often do they come out it's usually one every year um, so, oh, there's not many but though. it's only it's see but they they change up the author so christy golden has done the most of the kind of really really formative text ones hmm. um as opposed to kind of the other kind of like filler ones that go alongside it they're equal, they're, they're good but I, I really like her writing style so and i think it's being written by her so yeah that's quite exciting and they, they they're meant to be like a prelude for people who really really like the um the law it's something to accompany, but then also give you way more information about the upcoming um, expansion. Oh, I see. Because it's a majorly. Also, that's the other terrifying thing. They did. A, they did announce at BlizzCon last year that they'd be they'd be introducing classic servers. Oh, like, really? World of Classic will be going back, which is huge. Like this is something that fans have wanted since the first expansion. Yeah, I mean, even I know that that's yeah, what fans want. It's a massive thing, and then also we've got the whole. Um, the battle for, is it battle for azeroth i think is that the new oh the new the expansion, new expansion you which could is do ba- with legion and just disappear for a few days yeah yeah it's it's i'm probably gonna have to kind of go back in there and, and do it but but well maybe not for the expansion i'm probably gonna watch a lot of playthroughs of it and and, and and read up on the lore um but for when classic comes back i'd be so keen to start again that's gonna be dangerous yeah because is that gonna come out over the summer as well like when you don't have as much to do well, i don't know this is the thing depending on when it comes out so certainly I'll, I'll put it off until you know after third year because that could be very dangerous uh yeah <laughs> um but uh it would be yeah it'd be super cool in fact that'd be a really cool video to do on sponge and electric oh, you, you can create yeah well. you can create a, a free account and we play through like the first starting area but it's classic like oh man i i have such such fond memories of playing this game um you, you know when you think to a particularly nostalgic moment and it's more than a memory you like your body mm. almost feels different and you can almost taste and smell the like in the room and the environment you were in back then. Like it's so vivid to me um, play, playing these games and yeah, well, very excited. Like, because I did watch the Game Grumps, uh, going back to them, their series where they tried to introduce, uh, I think it was when Cataclysm came out. And yeah, see, the- that was, it was, it was actually, um, it was Warlords of Draenor, I think, oh, okay. because the, you could have the instant level 90 and that yeah. was done less as a, kind of a let's play an introduction but more of kind of like a comedy thing around the tropes of world of warcraft which is yeah. the thing that kind of annoyed me because it would have been genuinely really cool to see dan and aaron um and the guy who's been playing i forget his name but the guy's been playing for, for donkey's years um oh, Barry. Act- yeah actually be like look let's create a, a character from level one and you can you can just get an idea of what the game's like and when you start from that kind of low level you're slowly kind of drip fed how the game works. And yeah. You're, you're, whereas they jumped in at level 90 it's really with like confusing. a whole, you know, like three pages of spell books and like all of this stuff and, you've got, and you've got, you know, all your different talent trees and they've got absolutely no idea what they're doing. Um, yeah, it'd be cool. It'd be cool. I mean, I'd be, I'd be up for that, honestly. Mm. Um, I, I think it'd be fun. Well, we likewise, be... I need, I'm, I'm, I'm wanting to be, I'm really keen to get into the 40k lore. Well, so I, I, need, I, I need a funny, book. Funny you should mention that because, mm. where is it? coming over to Dan's oh. side again. Hello. Uh, I just got myself a new codex. Oh, nice. The new, oh, sp- well, speaking of this, the World of Warcraft equivalent of this, which is the, chron- the Chronicles they release, yeah. they just released the third. Oh, I've got right. the first and the second, but I need to I need to buy the third. So as Dan, I just passed down the uh, new Tyranid codex uh, because I went to Warhammer World uh, this weekend uh, for the Geekiest Stag Do 
possibly in the history of humanity because mm. it was me and um, a guy I lived with at uni, uh, Joe, uh, who is a doctor now, uh, and some of his friends from home. He used to play Warhammer with, and he knew that I was also into it. Um, so we all drove up to Nottingham uh, a very early o'clock on Saturday in the uh, minibus, which was codenamed the Rhino. Uh, and uh, we played from the moment the doors opened on Saturday till something like seven or eight o'clock at night on Saturday. We then got there again on Sunday as the doors opened and left because they kicked us out uh, at the at the, at closing. Joe was desperate to buy a model and we left it so late that they closed the till before he could buy this £100 uh, oh. resin model, uh, which wouldn't even be that much for yeah. the people in Forge World. Like £100 isn't that expensive compared to a lot of the stuff they stock. Mm. Um, so I basically, I bought the Nid Codex because I've been toying with the idea of getting back into the hobby for a little while. And I just, uh, having played now a game of 8th edition, 40k, it's so fast, it's so fun. And the new Tyranid miniatures are, I don't know if you've uh, had a look at the, the models in the, the thing down. I was just having a flick through actually, yeah. Like the, the miniatures are so cool. Uh, the, the, the technology has got so much more advanced. Yeah. Um, so I'm going to be doing an army of, of Nids uh, based on... Which, for those of you that don't know, Tyranids are literally the most terrifying thing in the 40k universe. They are, like, bowel-releasingly terrifying for the for the galaxy. They're like kind of space locusts mixed with crabs, mixed with every alien trope from uh, the Alien series. And they're these, like, hor- horrific looking things that just yeah. consume worlds, strip it of all the biomass, and then move on to the next one. Um, and they're invading the galaxy from outside in these numbers that are just vast. Like, it, in the third Tyrannic War, like, tens of trillions of people have died already. Um, uh, you can tell I'm quite into the lore of this. Sure. Um, but, uh, yes, yeah, so I'm going to do an army of those and model them as xenomorphs from Alien. So they're going to be black with kind of shiny carapaces and dripping lots of acid and things like that. Um so yeah, it, that that's like kind of that's not the best way to jump into the law probably. Uh, but I don't even know what the best way to jump into 40k law is actually. There, there are some good YouTube channels out there. Yeah, like, I'm just having a look at the High Fleet Leviathan Harrispex. Ah, oh. with the thing that's coming out of its mouth and then other mouths. For, oh yeah, yeah. Like the the some of these models are really gross. Uh, <laughs> like like the, the Tyranids. Uh, a lot of them are like man sized, uh, but they they kind of look like the aliens from Alien. But then you've got these gigantic monstrous creatures that mm. look like. Imagine you mix the alien from Alien with a blue whale and a rhino, and yeah. the you know they've got like these kind of chitin plates on the outside. And um, like kind of dripping stuff from their mouths, like some of them have got uh, massive bulging brains and loads of tentacles and oh, toxicreens. Yeah, I'm going to get an uh, unit of toxicreens. Yeah. They look disgusting, don't yeah, they? Yeah. <laughs> but like, it's just also because they've advanced the law. Like as the as the, they've actually started moving 40k forward a bit, it was stagnant for ages, and now it's like it's just that reading that codex is so grim. It's just yeah. like <laughs> everything goes wrong for the, for humans in this galaxy. Um, so yeah, that that was um, that was my weekend. We I went to went to Warhammer World in Nottingham, which is very fun, and I highly recommend anybody that's into the hobby to go if you haven't been. I was born in Nottingham. Are you? Yeah, I didn't know that. Yeah, um, it's quite a nice town actually. Like because we we went into town on Saturday night, um, and there's like a lovely town centre, lovely yeah. like kind of big guild hall in the middle. We went to this um, as I said the town before recording. We went to this metal themed, sorry, metal pub, which was Edgar Allan Poe themed. Uh, which is called the Pit and the Pendulum, cool. And uh, like 
it was I like people that like metal. Like I'm I'm a bit I'm not a metalhead myself. I like metal, but I'm not like really into it. But um like people that are into metal are just so kind of like down to earth. Yeah. Like they're they're not full of themselves and they're just they might be a little bit weird, but then lots of people are. Mm. Um but yeah, we, we went to this this really cool pub um and had quite a lot to drink. Um it was a stag party after all. Yeah. Um but um, yeah, for those of you who haven't been, I highly recommend it because as well as there are like 50 gaming tables, which Ooh. are all like fully modelled with like scenery that are done by professionals. Um, and there was actually a tournament going on the weekend um, that we were there. And so there were about 100 people playing and there was kind of us on the end in a non-tournament game. Um, but as well as that, there's also uh, an exhibition. So they have the history of the company and like these gigantic dioramas. And like I think the biggest had like something outrageous, like, 15,000 miniatures in it. Oh, wow. It was like, it's as in like, the, the this thing was probably like 10 metres long by like four metres across by like four metres tall. Gosh. Like three, it was it was like um, incredible. Yeah. Absolutely incredible. Like even if you're not into the, the hobby, like just seeing the, the painting on the professionally painted miniatures and yeah. like some of the Golden Demon winners are just astonishing. Yeah. Um, what was funny was, um, because there was the tournament on, there were like 100 people and... Some of the stereotypes about Games Workshop, uh, like the, the fans of Warhammer, somewhat true. Uh, there were a lot of neckbeards. Uh, nice. Like, uh, like I've got to say, I will say that, like, listening to the tournament going on around us, it was really nice that there weren't people that were just like, oh, no, you actually can't do that because I've got a 3D6 re-roll because of my Toxicreens. Yeah. Um, like, it was people just, like, kind of gently... Like, if if somebody had done something wrong, you could just kind of tell it was done in, like, a sportsman-like way. Yeah. Um, people were nice to each other. Like, if people something went really well for somebody, you'd hear somebody be like, yes, kind of yeah. thing. Like, rather than, like, rubbing it in people's faces. So, like, they were net... Like, as in they were, like, kind of overweight. There were a lot of very geeky T-shirts. And, like, you know, some man ponytails and, you know, whatever. A lot of people weren't like that, I'd like to point out. But, like, some of the stereotypes were kind of true. Yeah. But because there were 100 people in this hall, it got hot very quickly yeah and um one of the things about games workshop is like you'd expect these uh these guys to not have the best hygiene yeah um and so i think the tournament organizers had preempted this so they the, the hall was really hot for about half an hour and then the air conditioning went to arctic mode yeah and they were just like you could tell there was a guy behind the scenes being like whatever you do don't let them sweat yeah yeah just like <laughs> we can't let the body odor overpower us <laughs> just keep it like minus five degrees yeah yeah so i was we were just like having our game in like these like really thick jumpers <laughs> yeah um but uh yeah, yeah it was really 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 fun and i highly highly recommend people go because oh I only spent 50 quid is the other thing. Like, okay. Like on miniatures. They have a bar and we spent money there on, on like food. We, we ate and drank there every day. Yeah. Um, but like I only spent 50 quid on books okay. and then I'm going to spend like a hundred pounds on, on models. Yeah. Um, but that's in the future. Um, but yeah, that's, that's in terms of sort of critics corner. Yeah. So I've been reading, I've been reading um, one of the Warhammer books, the, the, the Warmaster, and I've been reading uh, the history of the world and 12 maps. Um, I guess you don't do much reading these days, like for pleasure, do you? Not really. It's certainly not certainly not now. I've got exams and essays due in May, two two thousand word essays due on the fifth, and then I've got four exams through May. Hmm. So there's not a great deal of time just to kind of read for fun. Every now and then I'll pick up like some poetry anthologies or something and flick through those because they're quite nice. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, met a, I met a lady in the app store, Apple store rather. She came in the in. app store. Yeah, uh, it's a real place. Um, she came in. She was with she was with her children, and she's a um, she's a published poet. 
Oh, cool. And she was like going and just to, to, to like the name that she'd booked under was like a was wasn't her real name for, for kind of private reasons, I guess. Um, but it was really interesting, and we have, we're having a really cool chat about poetry. And I was like, "Oh, do you know this poetry by Michael Schaub? It's one of my favorites." She's like, no, I don't. I was like, we had like a conversation. I was talking to her about what modules I've been taking and where it's going. And then she mentioned her book, which I said I would plug on the podcast. Well, wow. um, and let me find what the name of the book was called. Um, <laughs> I think Bright Travelers. All right. I think it's the net. Hang on. Let me just. I'm just going to pop that into the uh, the old Google sphere. see if i've got it right fiona benson is the author right um she is a english poet she's got a wikipedia page oh imagine how messy that would have been if we got her yeah there is now incidentally uh what was her surname sorry benson b-e-n-s-o-n um like there is now a small probability that we'll end up talking about sally lepage's article you realize because she now has her own wikipedia article ah dun 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 but uh, okay oh well yeah it's just um it's it's really well received if anyone's into poetry give bright travelers a look cool she was really really lovely we had a really nice chat okay but yeah it's obviously different for you because like your degree has so much more reading Mm. than either of mine did like literally that is all i do i just read and then write about it so you know the idea of reading for pleasure is just like i don't don't want to do more work yeah exactly because you can't i imagine you can't help but uh like kind of critique it even yeah. if you're just reading something slushy for pleasure then it's just like yeah you're in that headspace yeah so something else we should talk about is have you seen the new uh solo the the han solo movie trailer i have yeah uh, we literally just watched it yeah uh, just now um what, what do you what do you think because it's coming it's really soon yeah right? may right 25th of may um is it i thought it was even this month i know infinity wars this month uh but yeah really soon anyway yeah. um what, what do you what, what are you what are you thinking yeah, May twenty fifth. You're right. Um, I'm excited for it. I like the way it looks. Like it's it, who's directing it? Um, some dude. Ron Howard. Ron Howard. I was just on the top of my head. Um, but yeah, but he was uh, after. The, the, there, there were problems there, right? Because. Yeah. Um, I think it was the was it the the brothers the Russo brothers who were originally directing, um, and then he right. and then Howard was put in at the last minute. Yeah, um, yeah. The, the, there was something to do with the directors. I can't exactly remember. Um, but no, it's not gonna be good. It's not gonna be good. Okay, I'm saying it now. Like Lord and Miller, that was it. The original directors. Um, right. The thing with Star Wars films, and this is the same for Last Jedi, is that they always have the very best production. Mm. Like, no one can deny that it looks phenomenal. Yeah. The cinematography is great. The production design is always exceptional. Like, the the, the world building, in this particular case, the kind of the, the, they've gone for a, a gritty realism kind of thing. Yeah. The design work, everything is fantastic. But... <laughs> The problem is what the story is based on, I feel like, is the issue. As, as, as issue one, like, Han Solo doesn't need a backstory, for one thing. I like, mean, yeah, but that calls into... Like, yeah, so I'd agree that I don't think the film has to be made. 
No, I like. I think. I think. I. I can get behind the idea of doing a prequel movie for Star Wars, right? Yeah. Like I can. Well, we but, kind of had that already. We've had Rogue One. Yeah, but I mean, but as in like a character one. Okay, like, okay. if you want to do one, do one about Lando. I feel like Lando is a more interesting person, and like because you, th- th- like, do one for Jar Jar. That's what we want. Yeah, that's, that's what, what we want. Darth Jar Jar. Yeah. Um, like you kind of want to keep Han as like this black box of of mystery. Like he just appears. He's a smuggler. He's really good at what he does. You don't. I don't want to know his backstory. I feel like with Lando, there's actually a story there, mm-hmm. like that that could be done in an interesting way. Yeah. I don't think this is. It's a bit like the um, uh, what's it called? The Half Blood, not the Half Blood Prince, the uh, Cursed Child. Yeah. Um, yes. Like very. It's like well done for what it is, mm. but like it's not the right story to tell, which hamstrings the whole thing. But also, I feel like there. Are t- this is this is this is going to sound stupid. I think there are too many recognisable actors in this. Yeah. Like, the whole thing with Star Wars when it came out was it was, you knew Alec Guinness and you knew um, Peter Cushing. Yeah. That was it. Everyone else was an unknown. With this, it's like, I'm going to be watching this film and thinking, oh, that's Amelia Clark. Oh, that's Don Glover. Oh, yeah. that's um, uh, Woody Harrelson. Yeah. Paul Bettany, the limited shot we saw of him, seems fine, actually. It doesn't seem to be that recognisable. Yeah. But, like, I don't know. It, it just seemed very heavy heavily that like it's quite intrusive on the universe yeah isn't it? Like, but then the person who you don't know is the guy playing um han solo right like yes. he was he was in was he in hail caesar don't know he looks like the guy who was in hail caesar uh yes yes he was um but apparently he really can't act and they i don't know if you noticed but in the trailer they don't show very much of him acting mm. and also there's like that really hammed line that's just like I heard a story about you. I wondered if it's true. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Like, I don't know. I think, yeah, let's... I'm going to try and remain optimistic. I'm not going to... I, you know, I'm not going to watch the trailer and be like, God, this looks mind-blowing. I'm going to watch it and be like, look, am I going to go and see it? Yes. It's going to be a, you know, coconut popcorn, sit back, kind of dip your toes back back into the Star Wars universe, consume it for what it is and move on. Thing is, I don't I like. I I am probably going to go and see this, but I I feel like almost out of a sense of duty rather than because I actually want to see it. Yeah. Like Infinity War, I am excited to see. Yeah. I am not excited to see this, and that like. No, I'd agree with you there. I'm not. You know. No, no part of me is kind of like, ooh, can't wait till the 25th of May. You know, especially given that we've got Infinity War coming out and Isle of Dogs has just come out. Yes. Oh, um, which that. is super exciting. I still haven't seen it yet. And also, and Ready Player One. Yeah, quite which, keen to like, see that. I kind of want to read the book before I see it, but I mm. may as well actually go and see it. Like, I feel like it's going to be spectacular but meaningless. Yeah. Um, like I don't know. I just based on this trailer, and to be fair, like the the, the earlier trailer had me more excited. Yes. This one brought me down to earth. I'm like, oh, they've last Jedi'd it. Yeah. Like, uh, I I like the imagery looks fantastic. Again, like the, that shot of the Star Destroyer coming along, and there's like the the clouds swirling around it. Yeah. And like. The fact that they've based this on like the Kessel Run at all is just like, oh, I don't know. I'm, mm. I'm being. I think perhaps the Last Jedi broke me slightly, mm. and it's just like I can now see the lies of the Jedi for yeah. what they are. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Fair. I'm with. I, I'd well, love we'll, to be proved wrong because I'd love the. I'd, I'd love the film to be good. Yeah. I just don't think it's going to be. We'll see. We'll see what happens. Yeah. Sorry. Sorry, Sally. We'll finish now. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you very much for watching the Wikicast. We'd now like to do our credits in 
vocal form, starting with directed by Richard Flanagan. Written by Asfugu Nagapan Nagasaravanan. Do you want to do that again? No. Executive producers Henry Brewster and Lewis Watson. Chief Boom Boys, Simon Vase and Davy Schram Vontabel. Sorry, Chief Boom Boys? Boom Boys. Yeah, the Boom I, Boys. I, I swear that's Boom not Boys. They're the boys who operate the boom. That is not a thing. Well, they might not be called Boom Boys. <laughs> I'm sorry. Chief mean... Boom Boys implies like chief like demolitions expert. No, no, no. This you do you have a um you have a Boom Boy. You do have a Boom you have Boy. You have a Best Boy. Okay. Who's the head of the gaffers? Cool. <laughs> I, I believe that's the Best you Boy. You also have a Boom Boy. I think they're just called Booms. No. Boom Boy. Spelt B O I. Gaffers: Eric Davis, Billy Toulson, and Elliot Conway. Head of the casting couch: Tapio Kirkinen. Assisted <laughs> by Wonderful Stephen. <laughs> we were there. We were going with it. The idea, the idea of just being like, "Oh, you want to work on the Wikicast? Do you? Uh, okay. okay. How old are you? Um, <laughs> what are what's you your ma- What's college? your major? Yeah. <laughs> Ooh. Oh, we should not know about these things. Catering provided by Ben McMurtry. First aider on site. That's Kieran Kelly. Makeup by the Moustache Man and Habiba Amjad. Head of uh, unit uh, unit one location <laughs> filming, Angela. So is that the people responsible for filming in unit one? Yeah, yeah, good. <laughs> Cinematography by David Scahill, Lord of the B roll, Jay Wright. Absolutely a thing. Cameo by Dan Hanvey, stunt expert Emma Kavanagh. Sorry, Emma Kavanagh. It's the kind of name that sounds like she should be doing stunts. Yeah, like swinging on a rope. Kavanagh. Sound mixing by Connor Levers. Or is it Lee? No, Connor Leavers. Sorry. Leavers. Demolitions experts. Matt McGuire, Miles Kornfeld, Geordie Eschendal. We already had the best boom boys. <laughs> no. is that, so they, they're the best boom boys, B-O-I. And yeah. then these guys are the best B-O-Ys. Yeah. And, okay. the, and boom is spelt B-O-O-M exclamation mark. Boom! Boys. Yeah. Second assistant to the gaffer's assistant, Lachlan Woods. Mr. Moore's hair, styled by Alex Greer. Mr. Moore's foppish costumes provided by John Mannion and Nicholas. And Simon Clark's physical warm-ups, Simon Torseth and Luke Thatcher. Administered by Simon Torseth <laughs> and Luke Thatcher. Simon Clark's handlers. It's Fluffer. <laughs> and you walk on to sit on a leash. <laughs> Unleash him. I run around like really feral. When we finish shooting, I'll call cut and then you don't understand. So you just keep acting through and someone has to come in with like a, a, um, a tranquilizing dart. <laughs> Guys, we get uh, Mr. Clark's handlers in, please. It's time for his feeding time. These guys in white coats come in yeah, and like, yeah. carry me off. <laughs> Twas beauty that killed the beast. Thank you so much to everyone who supports us on Patreon. You're all the best. Uh, you, love are, you. you are all top lads. Um, mm. As we talked about this episode, your support means we're able to do merchandise. We would not have been able to do that without you. Mm. Um, thank you so, so, so much. Um, like, it, it, honestly, like as we talked about before, you know, the development of this podcast has been incredible. Yeah. Uh, how you guys have grown. We're so proud of you. Uh, we're so proud of ourselves because we're so great. And uh, yeah. Thank you very, very much. If you'd like to... Uh, we're actually maxed out on Top Lads. Uh, it is also quite a few people to do every week. We we might do a poll. A poll. Good uh, boy. In the, uh, in the Patreon. Well done. Uh, to say we're possibly splitting, so that, like we have even odd weeks to have your names read out, because it is a fair section in the podcast now. And much as I really like that format, I don't know how many more times we can make 30 names work. 
Um, we could just do that format every time. I quite like that. Yeah. Um, but uh, yes, so if, you, if you'd like to support us on Patreon, that's patreon.com forward slash the Wikicast, uh, where we donate uh, collectively together to Wikipedia. We also uh, pay for Dan's travel to be here today Ooh. so we can make stuff. And we also pay for the, the merchandise and uh, generally just keeps the podcast afloat. So thank you so, so much, guys. You can uh, donate a dollar a month uh, at the moment, or you can donate more if you like, but donate a dollar a month to either Team Cat or Team Dog. Dan, do you have a report on how that's going? Yes, Simon, I do have a report on how that's going. One thing I'd like to talk about before I do the report, he <laughs> says, not trying to kill time at all, um, is just... You what's know, the deal with airplane fuel? What's the, what is the, what's the deal with that? Um, hang on. I've got it. Oh. 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 Well. That's a spicy meme. Knock me down. That is... That's very exciting. The results are in, ladies and gentlemen. Team Dog and Team Cat are currently tied at 27 patrons each. That is exciting. Well, I mean, like, Team Cat have clawed it back. And, you know, they've been, waited to, they've been waiting to be let back in. And then when you open the door, they're just <laughs> still <laughs> waiting. Yeah. And then they look at you like, what are you doing? <laughs> like, but yeah, we're tied. So, you know, if, you, if you'd like to tip the balance, literally a single person can tip the balance. Uh, so don't, pledge your dollar a month to support the, the Wikicast to Team Dog or Team Cat yeah. on our Patreon. And we'll report back in next week. We certainly will. Top lad. And we now find ourselves in Correspondence Corner. Uh, much as Sally asked you guys to have more problems with your lives, um, we haven't had any crises this week. So if you uh, would like to hear a topic discussed in great detail, uh, where we, we take uh, anonymous readers' issues and we talk about them, do send us an email, spongeelectric.gmail.com, and put Crisis Corner in the subject line. We haven't had any this week, so we're going to be moving straight on to the correspondence. And we're actually going to be going back two two weeks, wasn't it? to the uh, the incident at Exeter University where yes. we gave off our very ill-informed opinion uh, because we don't really know very much um, and we're not sort of very articulate about issues like this. Um, we opened the floor up basically to BME, BAME students at British universities and specifically we asked for Exeter um, to give you guys, you know, your, your, your viewpoints. So uh, we've got a few emails about that uh, to kick off with. Dan, because he's on his phone and it's an Apple phone, he doesn't have Gmail... Uh, what? what? No, I, just, I just don't have it on my phone. I've never put it on. As in, Apple, like, you haven't got I just, Gmail I'm just fine. No, 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 I do. I just, I don't have it set up on my phone. Oh, I see. Okay, so Dan is lazy, which means that he doesn't have yes. the uh, the emails just, on his phone. I'm just jumping to Apple's aid there because he's got an Apple phone. It can't do Gmail. Well, no, I assume it didn't come with Gmail as installed as standard. Well, no, it just you, yeah. Anyway, I don't basically basically I don't have the emails in front of me. Yeah, so, so I'm going to be reading all. So I'm going to read them and I'm going to chirp in every now and then. Okay, so our first one comes from Marut Vikira Punyawat. I beg your pardon. I probably mangled that name. I'm very sorry, Marut. Marut Vikira Punyawat. I'm going to yeah, let's go with that. Okay, <laughs> I could do. What did you say? What? <laughs> you said I could do. I could do. Remember that old song? No. I could do, 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 push pineapple, shake a tree. Oh my God, no. <laughs> what? No. You don't know this. No, no, no. I remember the, I remember the song now, but that wasn't what I was leaping to. Uh, oh, that's a foreign sounding name. That's, that's, you know, we have a correspondent from Bongo Bongo Land. <laughs> uh, no, we have, we have Marit, uh, who, who writes, Dear Dan and Simon... Though he's put Dan and Simon question mark. Yes, it's the two of us. Yes. Um, I'm a first time writer, recent listener and team dog supporter. Nice. 
After listening to your opinions on the topic of racial slurs and the response from the university on this incident, I feel like sending you guys this email might give you some more details about what is happening in other places. Mm. Currently, I am studying at what's uh, so-called number one university in Australia. Do you specify what that is? Um, that's probably ANU. Uh- I'm not seeing a name, so we've Australian been... National University. I think is one of the best. Okay, uh, there have been numerous occasions where racists or discriminated posters against people of colour being posted around the university, but there has been little to no response from the university spokesperson apart from saying that the university is taking this issue seriously and it's under investigation. It might seem like I'm just venting and being aggressive about this issue than I. Uh... Oh, being more aggressive about this issue, they're missing a word, than I should be. However, having experienced it firsthand, listening to friends that experienced um, discrimination, I presume, and seeing no action being taken from the university rather than sweeping under the carpet and telling us not to tell others about it. Sorry, I feel like there is maybe this was written late at night or something because there are like words missing. Mm. Uh, and seeing no action being taken from the university rather than sweeping it under a carpet and telling us not to tell others about it. I do agree with the person that leaked the chat messages and forced the action to be taken seriously by putting them under a spotlight because in the end we are just numbers keeping this educational business going. At the end of the day, that's kind of an interesting point actually that like we think of universities as, you know, only um you know these things of education but obviously they are businesses yeah you know and you know we are the we're cu- we're simultaneously the customers well i suppose yeah, we are the customers aren't we in that we give them our business yeah um and so they need to keep us happy and so they do need to take issues like this seriously yeah um but signs off by saying thank you for reading my absurdity of an email and yes what a surprise racism and discrimination still exists in 2018 Sadly, mm, yeah. yeah. Um, best wishes, Marit, age 25 and 65 70 thirds. Nice reaction. Okay. Nice. Then next we have a message uh, on Patreon, our Patreon, uh, from Michelle Hagman, um, who writes, I want to comment on your discussion of the racism scandal, but I'm also white and agree that you should use your platform to give voice to those who experience racism. So therefore, I'm not sending an email. So basically, we actually received, I think, two emails in total about this. I feel like what this has confirmed is that our audience is very white. Um, so, you know, when we specifically say, you know, BAME students, send us your perspectives. I, I just don't think there are that many uh, BAME students listening. Um, or po- possibly this is just too raw a topic to talk about. I don't yeah. know. Um, so I am, I'm reading out your, your perspective, Michelle, uh, because um, you're an anthropologist. Uh, she, uh, the, she writes, as an anthropologist who has studied a considerable amount of sociology, I can't help. Uh, myself and point out a few things in regards to the discussion on how the situation with the screenshots was handled by the student i have to agree with simon whether or not exes whether or not exeter university is a racist institution parentheses not to be confused with institutional racism and parentheses i don't know but i think that we can agree this issue is so important that it deserves to not be ignored i think it's a typical situation of the end justifies the means and at least it is now possible to have a conversation about it and for actions to be taken hopefully not only exeter but at other universities as well mm. so i think that yeah that, that's basically what my argument was uh, when we talked about this was that this is you know uh, when you put yourself in the shoes of the person who you know sees no action being taken yeah it is an ends justifies the means kind of kind of thing i know that we we had slightly different opinions on that last time um uh, but michelle continues i currently live in canada um although not from canada or the uk uh and for field work for my ma thesis i talked to students about being a minority and as someone who doesn't experience this it can be surprising how common racism prejudice and discrimination prejudice and discrimination are if you st- I'm terrible today. 
If students experience racism at their university, it doesn't mean that the whole university is racist, but often the university does protect people in power, for example, professors. If you're interested in doing some reading on the topic, I highly recommend an article uh, called The Skin I'm In by Desmond Cole, which I'll link in the show notes, Ooh. which gives some insight into the everyday experience of racism. So that's that's interesting. I'll, I'll definitely read that after the uh, podcast. Um, it's, it is a sort of very easy to conflate this idea that, you know, by saying that this university has a racism problem, it means that everybody at the university is racist. Yes. Which is, you know, I think that's all too often a defense of like, well, I'm at this university and I'm not racist. Yeah. Um, you know, again, it's so difficult for us to, it's something that, not for no fault of our own, we just can't intuitively understand. Mm. We have to have the perspectives of BAME students and we have to have... Um, you know, we in a way we had to be we we had to be shown what this is like because we can't see it ourselves. It's like the Matrix. You can yes. you know you can't be told what it is. You have to see it for your, for yourself. And, you know, and have people. Actually, no, it's the opposite of that. You can't see it for yourself. You have to be told what it is. Yeah. Um. So you know these perspectives are, are valuable, and I will be reading that article. But that's that's actually it in terms of the um feedback about this issue. So I again, you know, if, if people would like to send in further stuff, please do. If you're a BME student at um, a UK university, because you or know. if you know a BME student who doesn't listen to the podcast, yeah, well, for one thing, get them on the podcast. A, get them on the podcast, but also just you know, like if they, if they, you know, if if you if you know someone who may have written for a student newspaper or has been voicing their thoughts with you, hmm. um, give them our email address. We we really genuinely want to hear some hear some thoughts. Yeah, definitely. This is we're trying to we're trying to uh, use our platform for good. Yeah. Basically, um, speaking of which, um, I have an email here from James Arthur, James Arthur Seven. Uh, Subject line is just T, exclamation mark. I'm sold. Dear Simon and Dan, I was listening to episode 28 and Dan was talking about T. So far, so good. I enjoy a good... uh, I enjoy a good Earl and Lady Grey myself. Yeah. But milk in Lady Grey? Are you insane? Nope. I mean, I I have no... How is Lady Grey different from regular tea? Um, So, well, it's a black tea. So it's it's like Earl Grey in that sense, um, rather than it chiefly being um, kind of flavoured, if you like, with mainly kind of bergamot. It's bergamot and kind of orange peel. Um, so you've got kind of a slightly more fruity note to the black tea, which is maybe why um, the idea of milk is putting some people like try it. It's really really good. It's it, equally it's very nice black. I like um, I like Earl Grey black as well. I actually went to. Um, Bluebird Tea Company in Bristol hmm. when I came up. Oh yes, yes, he did. Um, I remember you saying uh, to see the Doddy Clark concert, and I got a really, really nice uh, Earl Grey there, which I haven't actually opened yet. But yeah, it's it's equally good um, uh, with with or without milk. I personally have my black tea with milk. Well, there we go, mm. James. Uh, Simon has all the right in the world to feel sick about that. Thank you. Uh, James signs off by saying, I love the podcast, apart from the tea preparation. Regards, James A., cat lover, age 16 and 184, 365ths. Nice. Solid. Except for my Samsung Galaxy smartphone. It's nice to know. Oh, yeah, this is a point that I want to come back to. Sorry, this is basically me reading out stuff to... Because I have all the power here. I have all the emails. Uh, you have no power here. I have no power here. Um, this is just me berating you via other people's emails. Hello, Simon and Dan, writes Maria Eileen. As a Maltese art historian, I could not help but send in some corrections based on the last podcast. Oh, so no. this we were talking about the Knights Hospitaller. Here we go. 
You were correct, Simon. That hospital was built post-1565, after the Great Siege. In fact, the entirety of the letter was built after the Great Siege, which is quite interesting. Mm. The knights settled in Birgu in 1530, then developed Valletta after the Great Siege, and they left Malta in 1798. However, the hospital is indeed downhill and not uphill. I was right. It was, it was really close to the sea. It's not uphill. <laughs> I, can't, I mean, it's been a long time. It's been a okay. long time. Um, there are also no winding corridors... And rather a long haul. I think you were thinking of the catacombs. Maybe I was thinking of the catacombs. Um, which were also great. And I will eventually get around to putting on my YouTube channel when I do the vlog. Yeah. Um, there are no one in Coronals yet. As far as I know, the hall is the longest hall in Europe. Yes, it is. Because um, I remember when we were there, it was like, it was big enough. You could do practice with like artillery pieces. Yeah. It was fast. Um, apparently, yes. And it's now used as a cultural center. Uh, so... That, that's all uh, she says thank you very much Maria for, for proving me right thank you <laughs> next we have an email from Jamie JX93 regular uh, writer uh, who, who writes estimado señor Clark señor Moore y invitado especial uh, hello chaps just wanted to say how much I enjoyed the article in podcast 29 uh, oh yeah so Jamie is the guy um, in the discord who does a lot of MUN so this is in reference to the permanent representative of Colombia to the United Nations and I wanted to let you guys know about a few things firstly there can be instances where ambassadors can represent their country's interests to multiple countries such as the one that we had so like we didn't know about that um, the ambassador that we were talking about specifically as the ambassador to both countries alongside her role as the permanent representative of Colombia to the UN yeah. she's not however the permanent representative of Montenegro to the UN mm. so like the permanent representative and ambassador are two different things right um, and further Kosovo I think this is because we were talking about like the exceptions Kosovo is not a member of the United Nations but has bilateral relations with countries that recognise it right I, I, this is getting very technical wow the reason I wanted to read this email is apparently I am saying poll correctly because they've linked I think this is David Dimbleby talking about the uh, uh, exit polls for the oh but he's EU. posh so he says poll yeah, but it's right though, isn't no, it? No, it's not. That's just that's just like a posh way of saying the word poll. The word is poll. It's poll. It's not. It is. <sighs> it just is. It's just not. I'll include the cl- the clip here so you can hear what I'm talking about. But that's just the exit poll. The reality, as Sophie Rayworth was saying, we get the first result in three quarters of an hour. That'll be the first test of the poll. Anyway, thank you very much for that, Jamie, who, who signs off with age 24 and unknown. Ooh, I like that. Twenty-four, like, question mark over three six five. I like that. Okay, and then there's one more. I think. Oh my giddy aunt! And then we have one final email before we have. <laughs> you our... know I can't lead it like that. What? <laughs> <laughs> you open the email. Oh my Jesus Christ! And we've got another email. <laughs> We we have another email. (laughs) One more before our fan fiction. This is from Lewis Watson, who's written his entire email in Comic Sans. Yay! Thank you, Lewis. You sicken me. This makes me feel ill to look at. Well done. Um, So um, Lewis writes, Dear Mrs. Clark and more, you might remember me from my first email as the shameless promoter of my Instagram. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we we both looked at Instagram. It's a happy little follow. He's a good photographer. Um, I'd just like to comment on your discussion about Apple, phones and Macs last week with the female Dan. Personally, I have just upgraded to an iPhone X 256 gigabit. It's an iPhone 10. But yeah, go on. To an iPhone X, 256 uh, gigabytes, hashtag brag about it, having owned an Apple Watch for a few years and just at Christmas got a pair of AirPods. Yeah. So I'm sensing that you you, you two have a lot in common here. AirPods are the future. 
this all did you see they released a cable like thing it was like a thing to stop your airpods from being lost that like clips around them so like it's like having wired headphones <laughs> it's like what's the fucking point <laughs> yeah i'm gonna buy these really expensive wireless headphones and i'm just gonna tie a cord around them yeah like that's quite funny anyway this all this being said i have a preference towards windows oh i hadn't read this before and i was not seeing that coming uh, even though i'm jealous of the airdrop capabilities of macs i've always used windows and all the software i use can be run on my dell laptop i remember previously simon commenting on his hatred of the lack of headphone jack on the latest apple devices uh and interestingly his comment saying he'd like to get the new headphone jackless pixel phone yeah, uh, <laughs> uh, he's got you there. He has. He's got me by the short awesome. curlies there. Solid, Lewis. Well I disagree. I feel like Apple's decision to remove the headphone jack was a push for more devices. Uh, cough, Pixel 2, cough, and companies to convert to wireless technologies such as Apple's AirPods, which are incredibly convenient and worth the price. I agree with Dan's comment on the price per use ratio and contrast to other wireless uh, earphones. Did you say that they're much better than other wireless earphones? I can't remember. I thought I said from a cost per use perspective because they're just they are so easy, like in and out straight away in a little case. Like you'll, you'll, I think you'll find that. Bearing in mind, I owned wireless head, head, headphones before I had my AirPods. Yeah, and I listened to my AirPods more. But are they better quality sound or just more convenient? I'd say the the sound quality is probably better. Yeah, um, but what's, what makes it for me is the convenience. Okay, that's fair enough. Um, Oh, Lewis is like it's like he's preempted our conversation because he next writes AirPods are not perfect um, <laughs> this literally it's like a roller coaster this choice to push the uh, this choice to push the large companies will help the growth of the technology involved plus you get an adapter if you want that slightly higher bit rate which would make sense for somebody who is producing music or video However, if you want high quality, you're not going to be creating content on a mobile device. This is true. Contrary to how I may seem, I do like Android phones, though on average, Apple devices are both higher quality in terms of durability, excluding the iBend feature of the 6 and performance. Any comment on that? Is that still a thing? The 6 was an interesting phone. Oh, here we go. It was... <laughs> it's also... Hang one on, I'm going to get some Doritos. As you... Right, as you... Carry on. So when you're undertaking a repair on an iPhone 6... Um, one of the things that most other phones have that the iPhone 6 doesn't it's either the 6 or the 6S I believe it's the 6 um, it doesn't have um, what's it called basically that's like a that's a sticky plastic mm-hmm. um, about the thickness of a rubber band mm. that goes in between the housing and the display mm-hmm. um, to kind of help it with the like the the kind of like an, like an airtight seal um, but also just kind of keeps the display a little more rigid. So some sixes you can find that if you press the corner of the screen, it will click because it doesn't have that layer of adhesive. Mm. Um, it also makes a six display slightly faster to repair because you don't have to f*** about with adhesive. But um, Do you want to by the way? I'm fine, thanks, mate. All right, cool. That's all right. Um, yeah, it's an interesting phone. Uh, the iBend feature was, um, yeah, uh, an oversight on Apple's part, I'm sure they will agree. Okay. <laughs> also, in terms of price, I believe that the higher price, in some instances, is worth it for the quality and interconnectivity between devices. So this is the point about the ecosystem, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, I like the idea Ooh. of the HomePod. Oh, go Ooh. on. Speaking of ecosystem, yep. exciting news that Apple had the other day. Yep. Um, all of their retail stores now and and uh, like corporate stores are now 100% green energy. I saw that, yeah. Well, it's, you know, it's it's a great step. I don't know how much of a difference it's going to make from the existing situation, but it's, you know, to be applauded, yeah, for sure. It's not, I mean, the the big difference will be when they get their manufacturing uh, green energy as well. Hmm. Um, but that's never going to happen. 
Um, well, you, you don't think Apple's going to move into green energy? Was that? I don't think for not not entire, entirely for its production. Oh, I see. Yeah, because it is very energy intensive. Well, it's, I think it's more resource intensive, right? It uses a yeah. lot of rare earth metals. Yeah, exactly. Um, and also intensive in terms of the lives of people that you know die making the products. I like the idea of the HomePod, but I'd rather stick with my £45, I'm going to burp, Echo Dot, as I feel like Siri is a few steps behind Alexa. Can't comment on the Google Home. Hey, Google, what do you think of Alexa? Alexa and I have a lot in common. Finding facts, telling jokes, and racking up your electricity bill. I've loved this HomePod, I've got to say. Like, it's, it's, it's great. Did you just call it a HomePod? No, oh, did I? I probably because I just yeah. read it. Google Home. Yeah, hey Google, you called it HomePod. Tell me a joke. Okay, here you go. Trust your calculator. It's something to count on. Oh my god. <laughs> the Sorry, jokes are fantastically bad. Wow, it's got to be said. I wonder was... if Siri will tell me a joke. Hey Siri, tell me a joke. I just realized it's been years since I did the hokey pokey. I guess I forgot what it's all about. Nice. That's that's definitely worse. <laughs> that's absolutely that's the worse. first time she's told me a joke Normally, tell me a joke Google two drums and a cymbal fall off a cliff <laughs> there was, uh, it told me one the other day that really got me it was just like it's, it was that sweet dad spot of being so bad that it was hilarious yeah um, oh no that was it that was it it was like um, I went to the gym and asked my instructor can you, tell, can you teach me how to do the splits and the instructor goes okay how flexible are you and I go well I can do today or next week <laughs> that's going in the bank um, I was on Reddit the other day looking at anti-jokes and things like that because I, for some reason if I'm a bit kind of sleepy um, and, and worn out I find them hilariously funny and there was one that I read that had me in tears for about 20 minutes which was roses are red violets are blue I've got Alzheimer's cheese on toast yes you said that one <laughs> which I love it makes you feel bad for laughing at it but yeah. yeah it's good though Okay, Lewis concludes his email by saying, I feel like this email is, is more just me spraffing and ranting, so I'm open to both of your opinions about anything I've said. Well, we've definitely talked about mm. them in, in this debacle of a concise email. Clearly, nothing like the concise nature of the podcast. <laughs> Thanks, mate. Of course, I love the podcast and the Wikicast community on Discord. NB, that's at Lewis Watson underscore <laughs> five five. <laughs> Nice, very subtle. Oh, uh, like he's he he wrote out the phonetic version before the username. Oh, really? So it literally says that's like square brackets. Yeah. The word at Lewis Watson. <laughs> very good, uh, Lewis. Uh, Sixteen and eleven fifteenths. Sort of fraction. Um, wow, what what a lad. What a lad. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so readers, I am laughing because <laughs> basically. I have a very good friend, uh, uh, David, who has sent in a massive email. Like, he he messaged me, he texted me saying, oh, by the way, you should have some um, uh, email coming into Sponge and Electric. And I was like, oh, great, thanks. I, I, I didn't know you listened to the podcast. And because um, he's a PhD, like, we, we both started our PhDs at the same time. And uh, he is quite like me in a lot of ways in that he's a massive dork. And because he's done a PhD, he's very detail-oriented. So not only has he sent us this colossal email, he's sent us a seven-page fanfiction. Nice. Uh, 
I th- but given that the name, the name of this fan fiction is The God Shall Decide Our Fate, nice. The Miracles of Simon von Clark Tholomew, as witnessed by Daniel of Mormonheim. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes. This is so good. It's already oh my God. solid fucking gold. I'm goals. so excited. Right, let's, let's do his email okay. and then we'll move on to the fan fiction. Okay. Okay. <clears throat> Dear Messrs. Clark and Moore, apologise in advance for what may be a bit of a ramble. Long-time reader, first-time writer. I listened to the first episode of the Wikicast when it came out last year. I genuinely didn't know that. Um, however, I never seemed to be able to read regularly since then. I therefore didn't want to email in before now due to the time lag between you recording an episode and me actually getting around to reading it. For example, I was practically shouting at my phone when you were discussing the idea of admirals in the lads, but didn't spot the obvious ladmiral. Yeah. Uh, however, as this happened about two months after you recorded the episode, I assumed that someone else had already corrected this, which they had. Um, I didn't want to be the email equivalent of the slowpoke meme. However, as I have recently got a job that involves a commute by train and have very much enjoyed reading the Wikicast whilst getting dodgy glances from my fellow commuters while I maybe not laugh out loud, let's be real here, uh, but at least sensibly chuckle to myself at various unpredictable moments. Accredited. I see, I said it right! Yay! Hey. Well uh, as a result, I have say now... it, Try and say it without doing a funny voice so you can say it right. Because uh, f- I think I found that's how you do it, because you, you have to say it a bit like Emperor Palpatine. Accredit. Accredits will do. Accredited. Accredited. Yeah, accredited. Um, accredited. Acc- <laughs> f*** me, it's like my kryptonite. Accredited. Accredited. See, but you're saying it very strangely. <laughs> it's, like, it's like you sound like a stroke victim <laughs> recovering the power of speech. <laughs> That's what you sound like. Hang on, let me just slip it into a sentence. Um, like, I don't know. In my thesis, I have accredited that... Yeah, I can do it! <laughs> yeah, but you did have a bit of a... Bite. In my thesis, I... Uh, accredited. <laughs> it was the, the Avi's dad. Yeah. Uh, I have uh, uh, <laughs> accredited. Yeah. <laughs> As a result, I have now caught up to the most recent episode. Ego, I am now happy to write in with some thoughts and recommendations, which I have rather unhelpfully been saving up to this point. I'm now going to dump them all on you at once. So, in no particular order. Okay, here we go. Bullet point one cats. Hmm. There you go. Ah, he says if you've met Henry, you'd understand. That's my childhood cat. Um, this was recommended to you by another reader, and you discussed it in one of your early episodes. But if you haven't yet, please read the name of the wind and the wise man fears. Sorry, the wise the wise man's fears by Patrick Rothfuss. I know David's a massive like, as in he reads an awful lot. Um, so I'll take those recommendations very seriously if I were you. Uh, the name of the wind because we, we talked about that before, right? Yeah, <clears throat> I yeah. believe we did. Yeah, I must get on that. I believe you would thoroughly appreciate this fantastically well-constructed fantasy world. Oh, The Name of the Wind. Yeah. I've read it. Oh, you have read it now. Yes. Yeah, um, yeah so I, I need to get on it. Um, it is very good. He uh, just says, Patrick Rothfuss is really good with words. Amazing words. The best words. Uh, following <laughs> my, words on, my words are huge. Uh, following on from my previous point, I'd be really intrigued to hear your thoughts, or any of your readers' thoughts via Correspondence Corner, on The Slow Regard of Silent Things, also by the same author. This is a short 60-page story about one of the supporting characters from the previous two books, so I'd recommend reading them first. Oh, so you could read that. Mm. Uh, the Slow Regards of Silent Things. Um, Dan will have to do that for me because I haven't read the first one, but I do want to read The Name of the Wind. Will do. Anyway, the next just bullet point is Baguette in multicoloured comic sans font nice next bullet point in one of your recent episodes you debated what drunk Welsh people would sound like to this end I would thoroughly recommend the film Pride which I recently watched oh it's very good oh have you seen it oh yeah that's the one about the miners right yeah 
Yeah. Um, no, I haven't seen it, but um, I will. Gays and lesbians support the minors. Yes, that's it. Because they're both in the same strike action. Is that right? Yeah. Something like that? Anyway. Um, since you're both fan of, fans of YouTube gamers, I'd like to mention Many a True Nerd, which I really enjoy watching. In particular, his Kerbal Space Program livestream will make Dan feel better about his own grasp of orbital mechanics. Parentheses, he's a classicist. <laughs> we could do that later. We could stream Kerbal Space Program. Oh, no. Okay, well, that's what we're doing. Oh, please. Dan's here, and we're going to be definitely live streaming something. It scares me. I'll include the link. Uh, okay, cool. Um, as someone who is completely atrocious at languages, I feel your pain every time you take on a pronunciation challenge. Since I don't speak any foreign languages, I'll have to substitute with the names of some of my favourite volcanoes. Ah, explanation there. David has a PhD in vol- uh, volcanoes, uh, and specifically measuring them from satellites. So, can we therefore attempt to give your finest pronunciations of... Oh my god. Hang on, I'm going to have to Facebook this to you so you can have a go. Okay. First up, we have... Tungurahua. Tungurahua. I'm going to go with. Um, yeah. <laughs> Tungurahua? Yeah. I will have to include, I'll include uh, like a list of these names in the in the show notes because. Yeesh. Um, but next you've got Puyahue Kordon Koi. Yeah. Puyahue Kordon Kaole. Old Doingyo Langai. Yeah, old Dinoy Langai, I'd say the same. Uh, in the DRC, Nyamuragira? Uh, Nyamuragira? These are such different language families than what we're used to. Jesus. The classic one is number five, which is like, Eyjafiriki Yukul. Welcome to the Swedish Shepherdy. Very good. Oh my god. And the sixth one's Welsh. It looks like it, doesn't it? It's like, Susleislaislaku or something. It's actually Chilean. Yeah, it's Chile- yeah, or Chile slash Argentina. I guess it's on the border. Um, the Bezimiani. Bezimiani, yeah. Imuruan Gogolak. Ooh. I, I have no idea. Imuruan Gogolak, yeah. And then Mount Doom in Middle Earth is apparently Nagurahoi, I guess. Nagurahoa? Don't know. Like I say, it'll be down in the description so you can compare how terrible we were. There you go. And then finally... Um, What's your favourite volcano? Have you ever visited a volcano? No. I've flown over Mount St. Helens, which oh, is cool. really cool, because you can see like the massive dip that's been taken out of the side by the eruption. Um, so, um, yes, I guess that's my favourite. Oh, yeah, I've, I've never seen one. I did a school project on, like, Cotopaxi, I want to say. I think. I don't know. Um, but, yeah, so Mount St. Helens for me, David. Uh, and now, finally... I realise, looking back, this has been a rather narcissistic email. No, not at all, David. Um, so I hope you'll forgive me if I include some fan fiction inspired by your request from a few episodes back. Oh and God. also the incredible fan art, which was incredible, by uh, Johannes Niers. Yeah. It's called The Gods Shall Decide Our Fate. It took me longer than I'd planned to write, and has already grown longer than I intended it to be, and I haven't even got to the planned end of chapter one. <laughs> awesome. Oh, my God. This is so good. This is so good. David, you can tell you've got a PhD. Oh, my God. Like, uh, yeah, it's seven pages now. Now, but it's not quite the end of chapter one um, <laughs> what I've attached is therefore only the prologue what oh my god <laughs> Jesus however after reading episode 30 I'm now worried uh, let the arguments commence that uh, if I don't email this in now the moustached man may well beat me to it oh my god it sounds like a fucking like Jules Verne novel yeah um, anyway if you enjoy it let me know and I'll try to find time to write another chapter or two best wishes David aged 11010 and 111 hang on one 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 slash one zero 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 zero. 
What's that? That's binary. Nice. That's good. I like that. It's praise be to the machine god, David. Deus Ex Machina. I think I find it's pronounced Deus, Deus Ex Machina. <laughs> Is it legit? No. Okay, good. I've been saying it right my whole life. <laughs> That's a thing in Warhammer, like the machine god. The, the, uh, right. There's a religion around machinery, and yeah. their, their like prayer is Deus Ex Machina. Uh, right. Oh, right. Oh. Oh. <laughs> oh. You know that? Remember that vine of the baby that's covered in peanut butter? Uh. Like, you made a mess. <laughs> You're right. Ah. Does it feel good? Ah. <laughs> uh. <laughs> okay, are you ready for this, Dan? I think so, Simon. Are you ready for The Gods Shall Decide Our Fate? The Miracles of Simon von Clark Tholomew, as, as witnessed we... by Daniel of Mormonheim. Bear with me, I'm going to uh, I'm gonna have a reshuffle here. I'm going to get comfy on the sofa. <laughs> oh my god, I just... Oh my god. Right. Here we go. Okay, I think I'm... Oh, I just need to adjust my mic. Okay, good? I'm good now. I hope everyone's ready because this is about to go into the meme hall of fame. I think I get the very distinct impression. So I'm going to be reading to you the prologue, The Road to Avaland. It was a glorious late spring morning on the road to Avaland. The winds of magic were drifting up from the south in a gentle breeze, and the sun was beaming down on two travellers. Simon von Clark Tholomew, war priest of the Empire. I'm so happy. <laughs> this, is, this is so cool. Oh my god, I'm such a nerd, but this is awesome. <laughs> and Daniel of Mormonheim, apprentice imperial battle mage. <laughs> You're right. Oh no, I'm not okay. This is. Too, oh, it's too much. Keep going. I'll just sit here and squeal. We're deep in a heated discussion about the finer points of modern Bretonian choral music. I'm telling you. I, I, so how are we going to distinguish our voices here? Because like you are, I'm. You I'm, can be a deeper voice than me because you. I mean, okay, yeah. I'm, I think I'm meant to be like a kind of a hero if I'm like a war priest of the empire, and you're like an apprentice. So if I do you as like normal, and I do yeah. me as like a booming voice. Okay. Okay. Um. I'm telling you, canticles are far too negative in general. You need a good canicle to properly extol the glory of the gods. Simon Apind. <laughs> god, this is amazing. We're not even past the first paragraph. Oh my god. Okay, okay, here we go. That's utter nonsense. You clearly never... Good morning to you, kind <laughs> sirs! The two looked up in alarm. They had been so involved in their debate that they had both been ignoring their surroundings. Ahead of them, at the side of the road, a tinker sat next to a battered wooden cart that had clearly seen better days. The cart had been unhitched from a donkey, which was grazing by the side of the road. How may we be of service? Dan replied, regaining his composure and nudging Simon sharply with his elbow. The priest looked sheepish as he lowered to the warhammer that he had grabbed from his back (laughs) when the tinker hailed them. (laughs) I thought it was an orc, Simon muttered under his breath. Dan had to try very hard not to roll his eyes at Simon for the sheer stupidity of that comment. But seriously, he thought to himself, what orc shouts a friendly hello before attacking? And instead focused his attention back on the tinker. Oh my god. I don't suppose you gentlemen are heading towards Averheim. My cart's thrown a wheel, and it's the nearest place with a Wainwright. Alas not, Simon replied. We're on an urgent journey to Salzfurt, and we don't have time to make a detour. Salzfurt? the old man queried. I'll warn you, I've just come from that direction myself, and there's strange goings on in them parts. Oh, I think he's meant to be West Country. There's talk of strange folk abroad. <laughs> 
Oh, such as? So now he's West Country. Livestock gone missing. Terrible noises overnight. All sorts of howling and screaming. You ask me, there's a demon haunting the village. I arrived yesterday and left as soon as I could this morning. Left me proper unsettled, it did. Excellent! Simon exclaimed. It's no jest, Tinker declared at Simon. Simon scrambled for an apology. Oh, no, sorry. I didn't... I just meant if you only left this morning, then we must be close. Forgive my companion. We have been on the road for six days, and weariness appears to have made us forget our courtesy. I'm Daniel, an apprentice at the Yellow College in Altdorf. This here is Simon von Clark Tholomew, priest of the Empire. Rumours of demonic activity in Salzfurt reached Altdorf a week ago, and so our masters dispatched us to investigate. As Simon said, we're in some haste to reach the village, but it would be our pleasure to assist you with your cart if we can. Priest of the Empire? Well then, good to meet you. Name's Tom, myself. No offence, Mr. David. I never met a wizard before. Always thought you'd be taller. <laughs> <laughs> nice. I like it. Alas, most of the rest of them are, Dan thought to himself. A fact that other apprentices love to remind him of frequently as they could. <laughs> Tom continued. As for the cart, I caught a rock and the left wheels come loose. Think I cracked the axle as well. Not sure there's much a couple of city types like yourselves can do to help. Again, no offence. But you don't look like the sorts you know how to get your hands dirty. You never know. We might surprise you, Dan thought. He was just about to say as much when Simon cut him off. God's willing, all things are possible, Simon proclaimed, reaching for his hammer again. (laughs) (laughs) I'll fix this. Um, Dan had a sudden sinking feeling in the pit of his stomach. Simon, wait, he called out, but the priest was already striding towards the cart. In the name of the Empire, Simon cried out, swinging the hammer sideways with a two-handed grip. (laughs) Blast. Time for another intervention. Again. Time seemed to slow to a crawl as Dan opened his mind to the winds of magic. He reached tendrils of awareness out to the cart and found the Tinker's assessment was correct. The wheel was loose, but that wasn't the imminent problem. In fact, the hammer blow would probably have fixed the cart if the wheel was the only problem. However, the axle was cracked down the middle and any additional impact would almost certainly split it in two. Dan ran through his options. A spell of healing would be no good, the wood was already dead, and that level of green magic was beyond his ability. He could transmute the axle into iron, but wood was a terrible target for alchemy, and anyway, the crack would still be there and the impending force would shatter it completely. Although... Sorry. (laughs) That was my spell. (laughs) (laughs) Although, if he could somehow harness that force instead. Drawing more deeply on the winds of magic, Dan rapidly placed a spell of adhesion along the crack in the wood. He hoped this would work. His awareness was so deeply fixed on the axle that he felt rather than that he felt rather than saw the blow when it landed. With the impact ringing through the cart, the air, and his head, he cast an enchantment of containment around the entire surface of the axle. Letting go of the magic, Dan staggered back and blinking opened his eyes to survey the results of his frantic spell casting. Simon was stood next to the car, leaning on his Simon was stood next to the cart, even, leaning on his hammer and admiring the wheel, which, as Dan had hoped, had been straightened up and looked securely attached. Tom's donkey was no longer grazing by the roadside, instead nervously standing alert with nostrils flared. Dan wasn't sure if it had been more upset by the hammer blow or the magic it sensed, but at least it hadn't run off. My cart! What have you done to my cart? Tom cried, throwing up his hands in despair. With the blessings of the gods and my holy hammer, I have fixed it! Simon proclaimed, slapping the newly straightened wheel for emphasis. You may have fixed the wheel, but you split the axle, Tom wailed as he knelt down to have a look. I'll report you to the guard for this. Look here, it's all... Wait, what? But how? Tom trailed off as he examined the cart more closely. I love this. I'm like going in like a 
blunt object and you're coming in and fixing my mistake like subtly um Still swaying slightly from his exertion, Dan reached out with his tendril of magic, much more cautiously than before. Amazingly, his frantic plan appeared to have worked. The spell of adhesion was sealing up the crack, while the enchantment of containment had held the force of the hammer blow inward and was now compressing the axle like a clamp. The enchantment would wear off in a few hours, but by then the adhesion should be well and truly set. As I said, by the power of the gods, your cart is fixed, Simon exclaimed. Dan kept quiet. He knew from experience there was no point trying to disillusion Simon. This is this is known. <laughs> He'd also learned that rumours and enhanced <coughs> reputation amongst the locals often open more doors than official paperwork in remote parts of the empire such as this. Oh, gods be praised, tis a miracle! Tom's demeanour had changed completely again, full of reverence and wonder. The gods have blessed me this day. Sirs, how can I ever repay you for this divine act? No need, said Simon. Piety is its own reward. <laughs> When you go from this place, tell those you meet of what has occurred here, and they shall know of the gods' greatness. The tinker was nodding. I shall, I shall, praise be. With luck, I can now make it to Warden by nightfall. He started to get ready to leave and was soon bustling about, hitching the donkey to the cart. Actually, Dan interrupted before his efforts went completely unrewarded. I don't suppose you have any food you could share with some weary travellers. Magic always made him hungry, and he'd had nothing more than jerky, biscuits and hard cheese for the last few days. Freed all I've got is an apple. I had a bag full, but Alfie ate the rest, he said, patting the donkey on the head. I was going to pick up more supplies in Salisford, but left in such an hurry. No worries. An apple sounds great right now, Dan said. Well, I've only got the one, so you'll have to share, but you're welcome to it. Thank you very much! (laughs) Thank you very much! That's very kind of you, Simon said, taking the apple. May the gods grant you a safe passage on the roads ahead! And the same to you, Tom said, climbing up onto the cart. With the gods on your side, you'll have no problem sorting out that demon in Salisford. With a creak, the cart headed off down the road. Dan could still hear the old tinker burbling about blessings from the gods as he disappeared around a corner and out of sight. Oh my god. Hang on. Well, I thought that went pretty well, all things considered, Dan said. Now about that apple, should we go halves? He asked. Like I told the old man, piety is its own reward. You shouldn't have asked for any payment, Simon replied. Oh, come on, it's just an apple, and besides, I'm starving. There was a brief pause when the priest thought about it. No, I work to deliver messages of God's power and might to the common folk of the Empire, and I will not have them give up their hard-earned possessions in exchange for my services. Since you have robbed an honest man of food without payment, I shall make this apple a sacrifice to the gods! Dan... Oh, Dan gaped in disbelief. I assume you mean Dan gasped in disbelief. <coughs> it was hardly... No, like without... gaped, as in Dan, I like I jaw drop. Oh, that kind of gape. Yeah. It was hardly without payment, <laughs> since we fixed this card, so that was my immediate thought. <laughs> you just... That's so, better. You were so astonished that your ass just hang open. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny okay <laughs> well done it was hardly without payment since we fixed his cart the gods fixed his cart and thus to Sigma I shall give what is Sigma's due <laughs> oh my god Simon said putting the apple on the ground and picking up his hammer again <laughs> Dan still couldn't believe the stubbornness of his travelling companion but at least this was a situation he knew how to deal with 
As the priest swung his hammer overhead towards the doomed piece of fruit, Dan plucked a breath of magic from the gently flowing tide and cast it towards the descending hammer. This at least was easy, he thought. The magisters at the Yellow College weren't called metal wizards for nothing. There was a dull metallic thud as the hammer landed square on the apple. As Simon lifted his weapon, Dan released the magic and briefly glimpsed a sharp, axe-like blade at the head of the warhammer before the metal rippled and flowed like mercury back to its original blunt form. Thankfully for Dan, Simon saw none of this. He was instead staring at the apple in front of him, which now lay in two neat, gently rocking halves. He peered at his hammer, perplexed, and then went back to contemplating the fruit. Simon continued to stare in silence for a long moment, then said, The gods have decided that you may have half an apple! (laughs) How very benevolent of them, Dan remarked, picking up one of the apple halves and taking a bite. Now come on, are you going to stand there all day? We've got work to do. Without looking to see if the priest was following, Dan turned and continued walking down the road towards Avaland. Simon was still there for a moment more, then slung his hammer across his back, picked up the remaining half of the apple, took a contemplative bite, and followed the wizard down the road. And then they f***ed! <laughs> That's literally what it says! <laughs> That's... That's David. absolutely outstanding. I cannot... I can't even begin to explain how, joy, how much joy I was in listening to that. Wow, that was awesome. That was so, so cool. David, that may well be. I think, Hannah, you may well have to step down. If, if David can follow that up, I, well, I mean, do you want more? Oh, yeah. I, I definitely want more. I think if David, if you can give us more, then, wow, you, you, you're, you're, you're on to a winner with this one, I that, think. That was awesome. Really, really awesome. So, Dan, after that phenomenal occurrence, what have we learned today? Well, Simon, today... Oh, hang on. Fine. <laughs> Bear with me. Bear with me. Yeah, can you give me that lead again? I'm a Oh, sorry. What have we learned today? It's, de- it's definitely <laughs> stuff in your mouth. <laughs> you can't do that. <laughs> You're like... Sorry, sorry, let me just finish my mouthful. Well, what have we learned today? <laughs> <laughs> Okay. So, Dan, what have we learned today? (laughs) Today, Simon, we've learned about House of D. Oh, yes, we did, didn't we? Remember that really awful film that Robin and Zelda Williams were in? Yeah. And was written and directed and starring the guy who's divorced his wife and went to Oh, who played Agent Mulder in um, uh, The Sex Files, yes. Sex addict uh, thingy, and yeah. He was a very, very strange man. I mean, uh, other than that, goodness even knows what we talked about. We talked about, oh, um, uh, uh, Warhammer World? We talked about that. Warhammer World, uh, yeah. Wow. Yeah, we spoke about the new Han Solo film. Yes. It's going to be coming out, and how we're both a bit dubious on that. Well, only time will tell uh, how that goes. Um, what else do we talk about? I mean, we um, we had our producers and our makeup artists and mm. our fluffers. To we, thank. Cer- we certainly did. Uh, our boom boys. Yes, our, our, our no, they weren't even. They were the best boom boys. Our boom boys and our boom boys. Yeah, <laughs> um, and we had uh, no crisis this week. We had some correspondence and a frankly phenomenal fan fiction. I'm biased because he's my friend, but like superb. Yeah, superb. absolutely fantastic work, David. And remember to pre-order your Wikicast merch, your sweet, sweet t-shirt merch and mm. stickers uh, that's on my website. And there'll be a link. It'll be the first link in the description for this video. Podcast. I'm so used to YouTube. Oh, my God. <laughs> this video. Podcast. That's all for this week's episode. Don't forget to subscribe to us on your podcasting service of choice. You can like us on Facebook. And if you'd like to see our faces, check out our YouTube channel, Spongy and Electric. 
Han Solo film predictions, feedback on that fantastic fan fiction, and other thoughts on the show can be sent to us at spongyelectric at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. Join us again for another tumble down the wiki rabbit hole, and, and we'll, we'll see, see you next time. The name, give me the damn name, Barty Crouch <laughs> Jr. Jr.